Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 339. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Hello. And Tony Katz. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Some decent stuff to get to today. We're going to start with the NBA. Uh, well, yeah, we're, we're not the NBA again. Basketball. We're going to just say that you know, World Cup has started. And we've gotten through. Our pool play is not over, but it's every team's played at least twice. I think maybe three times. But uh, the big, the big story I think is France got eliminated uh, pretty quick. They lost their first two games, uh, so they're out. Um, again, they didn't have like Wembenyama or something, but it's a high-profile team that. Um, even when they don't have NBA players on their team, they have good international players. Um, but yeah, another another big story is Canada is really dominating. We looked at, ro- at that roster last year or last week, and it's pretty good. So uh, no surprise there. But uh, that would be interesting to see if that's the you know the the gold matchup because I think it will be. It's not the U.S.'s best. Um, so I think they could really give them a game. No, I, I even saw that, too. As, uh, I was listening to something that had, you know, the USA were like minus 180 or like minus 200 favorites to win this. And Canada was actually like nine to one odds or something like that. And I was like, that's the team I would put my money on because I, I really like that roster. Yeah. And we would never hear the end of it from Drake if that were to happen. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, like we said, France got eliminated. They lost to Latvia, which ended up eliminating them. Uh, yeah, like Andy said, most of these brackets are already over. So, like, the teams that we know for sure are moving on so far. We've got Canada, Latvia, uh, Spain's – actually, I guess Spain hasn't fully moved on yet. They're uh, they're 2-0, but Brazil and the Ivory Coast are only a point behind them. Um, Slovenia and Georgia leave their divisions with four and three points, but Cape Verde also tied with three points with Georgia. Uh, Germany is going to uh, – actually, no, I guess – no, no, this one is already concluded. Germany and Australia have moved on. Uh, Lithuania and Montenegro have moved on. Uh, USA, I mean, I, they will most likely move on. Yeah, they're playing the worst team in there. Yeah, they're playing Jordan next. That's probably going to be a disaster. So it'll most likely be USA and Greece in that division. Uh, Serbia and Puerto Rico are currently leading their group. And the Dominican Republic and Italy have moved on as they've already played their three games. Um, where's... Uh, Oh, yeah, Slovenia. That's uh, where Luka Doncic plays. And I know he had 30-something the other night. So, uh, good for him. But, uh, I mean, I I don't even know when these... I don't really watch... I mean, these games, again, also play at, like, 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning. They're, they're I think, a little easier to watch. And some of them have been, like, 9 in the morning or something. But. Hey, let me see. The games... Oh, I guess it's yeah. 2. Actually, I guess I can see for tomorrow's games... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, for tomorrow's games, they would be at 1 a.m., 1 a.m., 1.40, 2.45, 4.35 a.m., 5.40, 6.30. Okay, so if you're up really early, you can see Yeah, so, yeah, and you can catch the rest of the 5 and 5.40 games if you're up at about 6 a.m., like pretty much the three of us are for work in here. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Canada does look good. Uh, so USA is going to have to really bring it, although they've looked good in their two games. I mean, they've done what they're supposed to. They've beat up on these teams. So, uh, yeah, guess we'll see. But uh, what, what do we we had a little fun game again here for yeah, basketball? Yeah, you want to do this immaculate grid for the NBA this time? We did it. Have you already done this one? I did it earlier, but I you know I, I blocked them from my mind. So okay, because it's tough. You'll it's probably need to help me. I mean, the, the basketball ones for whatever reason are just uh, they're tough for me. I don't know why. I just cannot remember as well as I can for like maybe baseball or yeah other sports. 
But uh, all right. So the first column we got Houston and Atlanta. Oh boy. I feel like, oh, Clint Capella. I don't even care if it's high. I just, if I can name it, that works for me. 46%. That's yeah, fine. Nearly, nearly everyone picked that one. Well, Wizards and the Hawks. I feel like, I feel like, is it like, was Ish Smith or Jason Terry on both of those? I don't know if Terry was. Was Ish Smith on both? He probably was. I mean, if you know the answer. But I know I know one that I think of when I did this. Burton's? Was he on Atlanta? I don't think he's on Atlanta. <laughs> Kyle Corver? Similar guy. Yeah, if you got it, just throw it in there. Marcin Gort. He was not on Oh, Atlanta. boy. And he's wow. here to. Can we try one of my guys then just to see? Wow. Oh, can you just throw in Ish Smith just so I can see if. Well, Ish Smith's been on, is on half of these ones. Well, <laughs> I want him to be on this one. And okay, he's, he's not. not. He's not. No. So okay, we're, we are. We're losing. This is not our best. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know anymore. I'm thinking about like all these guys I feel like are the same, but I can't like, there was Bertans, there was, but I don't think he was on both. Okay. Atlanta doesn't have a lot of guys that you remember, you know, in my yeah. mind. Um, so Houston and Golden State, did Matt Barnes ever play for Houston? <laughs> maybe. I don't know. This I have no memory tough. of it. Yeah, I no, have, this one was a hard one. I did this one. I have no memory of anything. And I'm, I was very lost on a lot of these. I'm lost on everything right now. Um, Toronto, I mean... I don't know. You just can start naming some. I can't. My mind is blanked on a lot of these. So if you want to just whatever ones try to do different. Keep with our international guys. Now, Valanchunas for Memphis and uh, Toronto. Very good. Washington and Memphis. Um, Huck. I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you, the basketball one I'm not really one good at. I just don't care enough about basketball anymore. I'm going here, and uh, I'm going to give you a hint. Duke University. Oh, Shane Battier? There we go. Yeah, okay. 18%. Can you give maybe another hint on something? Other <laughs> universities you got? Washington and Golden State? I got this one. Oh, yeah, wow. Well, I mean, yeah, that guy's been... Oh, Chris Webber. I don't know if I remembered him on either of those teams. He was drafted by Golden State. Uh, I played there like one year, and then he got traded to Washington and then got traded to Sacramento. So, yeah, all over the place. <laughs> okay. These are just also teams that, like, I, even today's rosters I'm not even up to date with so much, like Toronto and Washington, Atlanta. I mean, those are just tough, tough teams. Uh, so you said you did this one earlier today? How'd you do? How many did you get Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my, the most proud I was, I'll put it in here. Yeah. You won't know this guy. Yeah. I'm going to say. Also Duke University. Cherokee Parks. Yeah. He was from, mm, kind uh, of sounds familiar. from Orange County. Oh, was he? He was a white guy who had a bunch of tattoos and long hair. Played at oh. Duke in the 90s. Pretty fun stuff. All right. Two more. You know who I'd actually like to see play this game is our good friend Tommy. I feel like he would, he would do would pretty be well. John this. Starks, maybe we can throw John Starks out there right now. Um, all right, let's. Uh, I, I really, my mind's not moving on this. So if you know a couple more, just throw them in there. He's thinking. Um, yeah, this is tough. This is tough, and God, Houston, Golden State. I don't. Um. No, yeah, my mind's just not. Did Bobby Sura play for Houston and Golden State? I mean, I don't know. Oh, wow. Vince Carter oh. did play on 
Atlanta. Oh, no, that was a big one. I forgot he did play on Toronto. I mean, Atlanta. We should have had that one. Vince Carter. Um, all right, we got one guest left. Either Atlanta and Washington player, Houston and Golden State player, or a Toronto Golden State player. Um, was Zaza on Toronto ever? <laughs> or Houston? Did Derek Fisher ever play for Houston? I don't know. He played for Oklahoma City at the end, I remember. At who city? Oklahoma, Oklahoma City? City yeah. well, that's not Oklahoma City. I know, but... Um... <laughs> oh, he played on Utah, too, at the end, didn't he? Did he ever go to yeah. Utah? I feel like he might have. Um, can we try Zaza, I guess, for Golden State Houston? I don't know. I feel like maybe he was in a Houston jersey. I'm sure it's wrong, but you never know. Nope. All right, well, what? Uh, who, who would have been some good ones to show here? Or you could just go down a little bit, too, and see. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Dwight Howard, huh? Gee, see, my like, I'm, like these are all guys I know too. My mind just doesn't think. Marcus All. Stuff there you just, go. So I told you, Ishmael to be somewhere. Yeah, he's the key to all of this. Is yeah, you got to memorize is. all of them. But uh, yeah, well, it's just a fun little game. I mean, uh, you guys could try it at home. So, looks like the uh, most well-known Rocket slash Warrior is a uh, Sleepy Floyd, who I'm not familiar with. But uh, nineteen, yeah. he played for five years, huh? Yeah, John Lucas Houston. Senior. Uh, let's see. Kevin Willis played for both teams. Oh, Jeremy Lin. Yeah, I don't remember Lin playing for the the, the Warriors. Or I did, Carl I, Landry. I feel like I remember him. I remember Kyle. I feel like I remember Carl Landry on the Warriors. Jim um, Jackson, one of my favorites. He's played everywhere. Hmm. So you just got to kind of memorize these old ones. Jim oh, Jackson, yeah. look, played for Dallas, New Jersey, Philly, Golden State, Portland, Atlanta, Cleveland, Miami, Sacramento, Houston, Phoenix, and the Lakers. So that's one you got. Can't play. believe he ended his career with the Lakers. I, yeah, I have no memory of that. I don't either. Well, he's continued. He played his career thir- he played thirteen games, so, and I don't think he even remembers it either. Then <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him next time I see him. Uh, yeah. Well, all right, let's uh, let's move on here. What what do we got next? Some actual could have had we could have had Boston. I I did say his name. That would have worked, huh? That's upsetting. Wow, I I can't believe I even name dropped that. But oh, all right, good at the end where the okay. people who played for like the like Josh Powell played one game. I wonder what that would be. That Jaron Jackson's dad? Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, I remember him. He was good. Oh, Earl Boykins. Played on, uh, he played too. for Portland and San Antonio. Uh, Portland? Okay. San Antonio, see? Well, all right. I remember I'm San Antonio. You won a finals with the San Antonio. Let's, uh, let's move on here. Should we move over to some MLB? Yeah, we got some uh, a mix of stories, some good, some bad here. Uh, These so far look mostly bad. Yeah, I think they're all bad, <laughs> actually. But uh, We'll start with uh, Shohei Otani, who uh, has torn his UCL again and will need, most likely need another Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's definitely done pitching for this year. Uh, if he has that surgery, he'll be done pitching for the following year. And maybe he'll be done pitching forever. We don't know. He is a free agent again at the end of the season. Uh, it is likely he wants to pitch again. And so that'll be part of any sort of contract he signs is he's going to want that from a team. But on the other end, the team will want that from him, you would think, if he's going to get paid a billion dollars or something like that. Because um, even though if he's just a DH going forward, he's a great hitter. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the other part is uh, if he's not going to pitch ever again, he really should learn the field again. Um, because there's not that much, not as much value in a DH, but, uh, yeah, it just sucks because over the last couple of months he's had issues that he's 
you know, been pulled from starts. He's been had starts delayed. Um, and you feel like, well, something more should have happened here. Um, but yeah, the Angels have come out and said, like, yeah, we wanted to run some tests after the last time, and he didn't want to do it. So that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, saw like something coming because he did complain of arm fatigue and like we were saying and missed some starts and obviously I mean something's going on but it's obviously I think he knows he's going into a big contract here he wanted to keep pitching so he could show to people and then now he ended up maybe screwing himself and uh yeah won't be pitching this year and the next year and it'll be really interesting I think moving forward because let's let's you know fast forward two years and let's say he does pitch again it's like is he going to be good how effective he going to be in how many more years do we have of him until eventually he is just a hitter? And then at that point, you know, sure, he'll still be exciting because, you know, like, you know, he's a top, you know, top home run hitter. But at some point, I mean, what makes him what stands him out, though, still is the fact that he can hit 50 home runs in a season, 45 home runs, and then have a ERA under four and strike out, you know, 150 guys or whatever. So, I mean, it's uh, and give your team 10, 12, 15 wins. So it's a. Uh, Definitely a big blow. It definitely hurts his value and hurts his, uh, the fact that makes him, you know, what makes him almost just unbelievable, you know. But uh, other pitching news, was it, did you have anything else to add about Otani? No, I mean, okay. it's, it's a sad story. It is, of course. And then other pitching news, though, Strasburg officially retires. And Strasburg was one of the biggest hypes coming up out of San Diego State. And I don't know about you, but I remember watching the MLB Network when they went to his first start when he, or when he came in against the Brewers. And it looked like it was as advertised. He came in and he looked, he made some of those guys like Ryan Braun and stuff, guys like that. It was that team that I think that had like Ryan Braun, Ricky Weeks, Prince Fielder, Corey Hart. He made some of those guys look silly. And uh, it's unfortunate, you know, he just always had the injury bug throughout his career. Although I think he did end up being the playoff MVP in 2019 when they won the World Series. I, I don't remember. I heard somebody saying he, that the other day. He did pitch well and he... He got a big contract after that. So after that season, uh, the Nationals, you know, they let Rendon go. Yeah, that's, that was great um, And for the then Angels. they ended up trading uh, Trey Turner and they traded Juan Soto. Yeah. Strasburg was the guy that they, they picked and uh, really unfortunate. I mean, he was they drafted him. He had been there for a decade, so it kind of made sense to, to keep him. Uh, but I think he, he didn't even make like 30 starts um, since he signed that contract. Um, it might even might have been he didn't even pitch thirty innings. It was something like that. Yeah, um, I honestly you forget he was even around still until yeah, he announced well, they, his retirement. They still have to pay him like thirty five million dollars a year through twenty twenty seven. It's just it's pretty terrible. Um, but he was just his body is so broken that he just he he, he made multiple attempts at a comeback. I think they said he pitched one start last year and it didn't go well. So uh, yeah. I mean, you hate to see guys just their bodies fail them, but uh, it does seem to be happening more and more with pitchers. It, it sucks. We just talked about one. I think that's Otani heading towards his second Tommy John. Um, and I don't know. Strasburg had all kinds of other issues. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a bummer to see him go a lot earlier than we thought. Uh, in other news, we're seeing somebody else go. The White Sox have fired their GM slash president. Yeah, two people they've fired. So uh, both longtime employees, I think over 20 years ago, the, the people that were in charge when they won the World Series. Um, the White Sox just had such a disastrous season, somebody had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a White Sox fan, maybe that's a good thing. Like, hey, this team sucked and we're making changes. 
But uh, one of the one of the bad parts is uh, they're bringing in Tony Larusa back as a consultant to try to <laughs> who who are we going to hire for the future? And then I also saw. Uh, bringing in the former uh, Royals GM, which is like when I think the Kansas City Royals, I think like great general managing, right? They're just incredible. Yeah. Uh, no, so I don't, I don't know. That's, the Royals really are a funny team to be so bad for so long and then have a good little yeah, run, win the World, World Series, and then just be so pitiful again. Yeah. Um, the I think the real problem is, is, is of course the owner who we, we got we got to know a little bit during the uh, the last dance. He's the owner of the Bulls as well, so. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's a good owner. If he, he's, he's. <laughs> and, well, that's the thing is this White Sox team, especially last year, had very incredible roster on paper. Looked very good. A lot of people thought they were going to win the Central. A lot of people had them live to win the the AL, maybe even the World Series. And it's just been a complete disaster. And uh, another franchise that has just been a complete disaster with what their team looks like on paper is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, they did some waiver moves today. And uh, can you just tell us a few of these players? I've, I heard a few of them so far, but uh, what exactly yeah, happened they, they here with the Angels? They placed a number of players on waivers, which means other teams can claim them. They just had to pick up the, the contract. That's, I feel like this is just the Angels wanting to stir the pot. Like, let's have some of these guys go to a different team because I saw one of the guys was Giolito. Yeah, so Giolito's one he, of he them. He will get picked up by somebody, um, by a playoff contention team. Who's the other? Uh, Hen- uh, Renfro, I think, was one. Gritchick. Who's the other? Gritchick, that's the guy I was thinking. The other, the other off-season or, or uh, trade, trade deadline, deadline guy. Yeah. And also, the, the I think, the reliever they got from the oh, White Sox. Oh, uh, well. Matt Moore and uh, Matt Moore Lopez. Too. Yeah, so... Uh, Very good players. Lopez, Matt Moore, Gritchick. Honestly, I think all of them will get picked up. They're all players that could help a playoff roster somewhere. Yeah. Um, and if they get picked up, the Angels, I think I saw, they'll save $7 million. You know, I'm going to so. say something here. I think the Rays go after one of these guys because they've had some... You know, guys, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe Matt Moore Matt goes Moore back, back to the Rays. That's my Former prediction. Former number one starter to that's reliever. My, hey, when Matt Moore first came up, he was a very good starter. And he's, said, pitched, he's, number one starter. he's pitched very well this year, too, as a relief pitcher. Uh, his numbers are very impressive this year. So I think that would be cool yeah. if Matt Moore went back to the Rays, maybe tried to, you know, do something there with them. But it was it was crazy when I was reading the story that said it was, so it would be 33 days ago, July 26th <laughs> is when the Angels made the uh, Giolito move, saying, like, we're all in. And that quick. Since then, they've had the worst record in baseball. They were uh, a game better than the Seattle Mariners at that point in time. And now the Seattle Mariners all by themselves in first place. Because it's just funny because the Angels, we talked about it too. They hit a schedule where it was very easy. They swept the Yankees. Then they took two out of three at home against the Pirates. They swept the Tigers. They took care of business against the bad teams. And then they made that trade. And then they went against regular teams again and just shit themselves. Could have possibly traded Otani. And got something for him, but uh, yeah, now the Angels are all but done. And that uh, that AL West though is moving. The Seattle Mariners currently in first place, seventy five and fifty six, one game ahead of the Texas Rangers and one game ahead of the Houston Astros. Uh, are any of them playing right now? Do we have a current like maybe possible update of what to see? Um, it looks like the Houston Astros are up two to one in the fourth inning, and the Rangers are tied in the fifth. And Seattle plays tonight against Oakland, which um, you can just bank on another win there for Seattle, most likely. Yeah, almost a free one. Like I think Oakland's. Like, I think they're minus three hundred tonight, yeah. which is ridiculous. Because Oakland's moving, game. they're just letting the fans play. Like hey, yeah, one they're, last they're chance, so bad. Uh, I guess uh, we'll move on to the other divisions here in the Central. We got the Minnesota Twins in first place, seven games ahead of the Cleveland Guardians. I believe this race was about tied at the All Star break, and uh, the Guardians have just taken over. Uh, Tigers nine and a half back, but. You yeah, know, the twins have not worth really mentioning. Twins the twins are going to win that division. Uh, and the AL East, 
Uh, we always talked about for the longest time how this division was above 500 the whole time. Well, the Yankees have finally are looks like they're going to stay under 500. They're 63 and 68, 19 games out. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, though, leading that division. What a flip-flop, huh? Usually it's the other way around. Usually the Orioles are about 20 games out at this point. But uh, no, the Baltimore uh, Orioles are in first with the Rays only a couple games behind them um, for the division. And then the Blue Jays are just on the outside of the wild card race. Yeah, so we look at the wild card race, which is some very good teams. The Tampa Bay Rays lead it by five and a half games. And then the next uh, uh, the next two spots trying to get in, you got the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros tied, and the, the outside looking in, the Toronto Blue Jays, two and a half back of Houston and the Rangers. Uh, the Red Sox, five and a half back. And then after that, it's a big drop with the Yankees and Angels being 11 and 11 and a half back. So uh, Toronto's the team there that looks like they're going to have to try to sneak in. But uh, those are th- going to be three teams to, that are going to be tough to catch. Uh, I think Toronto's best bet is maybe Houston and Rangers play each other and beat each other maybe once again in September. But... I know they changed it this year that uh, you're not just going to play your division in the in September. You will play other teams. So uh, I don't know if Toronto's schedule allows them to face any of those three teams. I imagine they play the Rays, but I mean, they're like seven games back of the race. So that won't even matter. But uh, yeah, so that's the AL update. It's looking to me like the AL, we're going to see the Orioles, the Mariners, the, um, the Ray, I mean, the, I'm sorry, the Twins, the Rays, Rangers, and uh, Astros. I feel like those are going to be the, it's pretty safe to say, I think that those are going to be the seven teams representing. I just, unless Toronto keep, I'm mean, so Rangers, keeps Rangers have been, yeah. yeah, they're falling. I got to mention that it's they got lucky to win yesterday too. They, they came back in the ninth, scored two runs in the top of the ninth to beat the Mets. But uh, Toronto, I guess I should give Toronto some credit. They, they still could catch, I think Texas, but I I'm pretty strong about saying that. I think uh, Seattle, Houston, and uh, um, the Rays are going to, Hang in there, but uh, the, the National League is basically what it's been for a while yeah. now. Atlanta, it's almost clinched that division. Uh, the Dodgers have a huge lead. Milwaukee has, has a, a they've, solid they've, lead. They've gone up uh, because that division was a good three-headed race for a while, yeah. and now Cubs are five back, Reds They're are seven back. Still very much in. Yeah, I, I think at the All-Star break, I said the Reds are going to win this division, and then they, yeah. they let me down. Um, when the wild card, yeah, the Phillies, Phillies are probably upset. Like we're this is a, a good fun year, wild but card. we're so far far behind in the division, but. Uh, they probably you know gonna lock really quick. You know what I like about this wild card? We're seeing teams that we're not used to seeing too often. We got the Cubs claiming the second spot. The Diamondbacks have the third spot, and then you've got the Reds. I mean, then you got the Giants a half game back, and then the Reds only a game and a half back. Marlins two and a half back, and I mean, hell, if, maybe if the Padres caught fire and won ten in a row, you never know. But I, I just don't think the so. Padres have a plus fifty six run differential. They're they're this far back. It's kind of sad, but it is sad um, when you I look at the teams some, ahead of them. They have some injury concerns. So Blake Snell is pitching great. He's probably going to win the Cy Young now, um, but the rest of the rotation is is yeah. injured. So, um, yeah. Well, that's a, that that'll be a good wild card race. So that'll be a fun last week of the season when you've with the Marlins, Reds, Giants, Diamondbacks, Cubs. I think Phillies will hold on to a wild card spot, but Cubs, Diamondbacks, Giants, Reds, Marlins, that'll be a fun little race. And uh, one of them are going to get the pleasure to probably get absolutely spanked by the Braves or the Dodgers. So, good for them. But uh yeah, I think that's uh that's it for baseball. So what uh, what do we got next, Sean? Well, we can talk about some NFL. NFL. It's yeah. here. We're yeah. we're a, a so just under a week away. We already recorded just, our yeah. NFL preview. Uh, it is coming out maybe later this week, but in the next week's window before the season starts on 
Stay tuned. Yeah, on Thursday. So uh, Yeah, it'll have our over-unders, our predictions for division winners, predictions for MVPs, Super Bowl winners. And I'll tell you, Andy and I were bold on some of this stuff. We did not just go with favorites. You know, we, we have some good underdogs in there. So, uh, yeah, definitely want to catch that. Uh, but we do have a couple little bits of news here. And then we're also going to talk a little little fantasy football. Um, and I know a lot of people probably have already drafted already. But, you know, for those I'm of in, you I'm in four leagues, and I haven't drafted in either of them yet. Okay. So uh, the first transaction I want to mention is a. Uh, Trey Lance, the 49ers, they named him the third quarterback behind Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold. And uh, I think within 24 hours, they found a trade for him going to the Cowboys. So uh, big disappointment. Trey Lance was the third overall pick in 2021. Uh, but not just that, the Diners traded two future first rounders to get move up to get him. Uh, and here they are trading him to the Cowboys, I think, for like a fourth or fifth rounder or something. It just... Really one of the worst moves of all time, especially when you consider the players that got drafted immediately behind Trey Lance. Uh, have you seen this, Tony? Uh, oh, so Trey Lance played number three. Do you, have you seen who the players afterwards? Because this ends up going to be somebody, oh, uh, I, a pretty I, great draft. I swear I listened to it the other day, and I... so if, oh. uh, Off the top of my head... No, I, I, heard, I remember hearing it. You have Jamar Chase. Okay. Maybe the most talented receiver in the NFL. Uh, Penny Sewell, a good left tackle for the Lions. Uh, Jalen Waddell, a really good wide receiver. Um, also, Devontae Smith, another great Alabama wide receiver. Uh, Rashawn Slater, Chargers left tackle, really nice player. Um, and at number 12, if they had just stayed put, uh, Micah Parsons went number 12. Mm. So, the like the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. Now, like every the, year. <laughs> the 49ers don't necessarily need another edge rusher, but... Uh, had they done nothing, not made any of these trades, they could have just stayed and gotten a really, really good player. Or if they just still made this trade, they could have, you know, taken Jalen Waddle or something. With yeah, that. but it's also crazy to think because if they didn't trade up to get that, would any of those other teams have taken him instead of who they took? Well, he yeah, was he was pretty hyped. The other part is they could have stayed put and gotten Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Yeah. So that that was when they when they made that trade at first. But you never There's know how a lot those of guys about they wanted Mac Jones and that's why they moved up and they're like why would you move up for Mac Jones? You just Jones? never He'll know though, like, what those guys would have done on everybody does different on different teams. I mean Justin yeah. Fields might not have done as great on or maybe Justin Fields would have done a lot better on the Niners, I don't know. Yeah, that that's a, a real question. I mean, if you remember going into the draft or like a month before the draft, it was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. And Zach Wilson kind of jumped Feels up so above long him. ago. Yeah, and I remember Wilson us talking about this like when we were back in the studio. Sure, yeah. at uh, producer uh, Luke's house with Zach Wilson. Obviously, is a huge bust as well. But like, what draft funny. was that? The twenty twenty draft? Twenty twenty one. So it was the draft of of after the COVID season. So you had like um, Jamar Chase and Rashawn Slater and some other guys didn't even play. Uh, Trey Lance played one game like because North Dakota State basically right. canceled their season <clears throat> but held one game just to have Trey Lance play a game. Uh, so it was a very, very strange time uh, back then. But um, it, It's funny how it turned out, this incredible draft, if you go back and look. And it's not just those top ten picks, but it's like all the way down the line. There's really great players there. Uh, and the Niners blew it. And despite all of that, they're still pretty good. <laughs> if you listen to the... Uh, the preview, you will find out what we think about that team. Uh, but yeah, there's another non-move that happened that we need to talk about. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was not traded today, and today was kind of the deadline for the Colts to trade him. 
because otherwise they've now put him on the physically unable to perform list. AKA the pup list yes. for you people at home that just see the pup next to a name. That's so what that stands this for. This matters for our next section in fantasy, but he will not be playing the first, I think, four weeks at least. I think it's four weeks, yeah. Um, so that really affects his value. And if he, when he does, if he when he is eligible to come back, will he actually play for them is another question. Uh, will they try to find yeah, a trade? I mean, he, he even could do that. what Le'Veon Bell did a few years ago and not just say, I'm not yeah. playing. Uh, that ended up not working out very well for Le'Veon Bell. But uh, but yeah, if you're hoping like, yeah, he's going to get traded to Miami, be the starting running back and have a great season, that is not going to happen. So uh, we'll have to see how it all goes. How the mighty fall. This guy was number one all across the board last year to get in fantasy leagues. And now he is, especially after this news, probably a one of those guys like DeAndre Hopkins last year where you see him available in the seventh, eighth round and you're like, oh, shit. But yeah. I don't know. It wasn't good for him last year. He's very unhappy there. Uh, it's... If you do snag Jonathan Taylor, you better hope that he does uh, get traded. Because if he stays on Colts, I don't think it's going to be a very good outcome for him. But yeah, now we want to just do a little fantasy football preview. So, uh, Andy, how do you want to go about this? Just say the top quarterbacks, yeah, running backs, we receivers? Go through the top 10, and then we could just talk a little bit about what we any player outside there that we like, any player inside the top 10 we don't like, that kind of stuff. Okay. So, starting with quarterbacks, number one is Jalen Hurts, uh, and then followed by... Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, and Dak Prescott. So I uh, remember Dan- people forget Daniel Jones is a great runner. Uh, maybe I not after last year, but that's why he's up there. Um, but any- anything here that sticks out? Yeah, I don't like Fields being ahead of Burrow or Herbert. I mean, I understand Burrow got hurt. And I know I know what Fields' value is, is that he runs a lot. So it depends on your leagues. Like that was another thing I was going to say is you have some leagues that are just standard. You have a lot of leagues that are PPR, and maybe their PPR is half a point per reception or a full point. Then you have leagues like my dad's league that I'm in with him and all of his buddies that are over like 60 and 70 that they've been doing this since literally the late 1980s, early 90s. And they've always been big on their running backs. Rushing touchdowns are 11 points in that league while receiving is only seven. It's not PPR. So in a league like that, Yes, you do want Justin Fields, LeVar Jackson, because those guys run. So it's like base because there's no flex or anything. It's just a quarterback, three receivers, two running backs, not even a tight end, a kicker and a a defense. So in that league, if you're able to get a rushing quarterback, like you're off to an advantage. But they're very old school. Most leagues aren't like that. Most leagues are your standard like PPR leagues. So with that said, I mean, I don't know. And then, you know, when you run a lot, it gives you a chance to get hurt also. So I get it that... um Joe Burrow's coming off his uh, a little bit of an injury during a you know practice that definitely has people concerned, but I think Herbert Burrow and even Lawrence are still more valuable, I think, than Fields. But uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think he's an exciting player that people want to have on their team. Oh yeah, and that's why he's probably a little a little higher there. But he's probably going higher than fifth in my, in my expectation. People are probably thinking. You know, I, the, I can see him going ahead of Lamar Jackson. I have a hard time seeing him go ahead of Hurts, Mahomes, and Allen, though. No, I don't know about that one. Yeah, but I think he might go. I can see him going corner. ahead of Lamar. But yeah. Um, one player I'm looking at that's interesting, I think Tua at 12. I think the reason he is oh, concussions. that low is people are worried that he's going to miss time. So I think if you were going to go after Tua, you should try to get a good, like, above-average backup. Um, because if let's say he only plays ten games, he'll be and based on what he how he played last year, he was very productive in the games he played. Oh yeah. And so you can get that production out of him and then go with a, a solid backup. A you got Kirk Cousins here. Kirk Cousins, you know what you're gonna get out of Kirk Cousins. Like he's every year he throws 
for 4,000 yards and 25-plus touchdowns. Very consistent, he's, but he's never going to give you those high numbers. Um, but he's a guy that's not going to kill you. Um, another guy I'm interested in here is Desmond Ritter is ranked 28th. So you're probably not going to draft him, but he's someone I would keep an eye on because uh, that offense has a lot of weapons. Yeah, they're high on that offense. Like they like to run the quarterback when, when – um, um, this coach was at Tennessee. Uh, Tannehill got some carries, so I think he's he's going to do a little bit on the ground. Like he's not he isn't Justin Fields, but he's not going to do nothing. So can I also show something that I think is interesting that I'm enjoying seeing? There's no stay down. Uh, there you go. Um, up one more actually. There you go. You got Jimmy Garoppolo at 27, the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, and only six slots below him is Aiden O'Connell, ranked at 33. His backup quarterback. That tells me this Raider team is not supposed to be good. We talked about it in our um, our uh, fan, our uh, NFL preview. They're only their Vegas odds are only six and a half wins. I think Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Aiden O'Connell will be starting his first game. I'm going to be bold and say before by week five. I'd say by before November. By November, let's say he'll start his first NFL game because I think either we're going to see because he actually had a pretty good preseason and I think. Jimmy G might come out. I feel like if he doesn't do well, win some games, there's going to be Raider fans out there that want O'Connell in there. And it might just be one of those magic. And I mean, hey, he looked good in a uh, preseason. So maybe O'Connell can, you know, give them a little daylight or something. And uh, But I just find it interesting that uh, your backup is only like six slots below you in uh, total quarterback rankings. That should uh, should tell you something, especially when he's a rookie. And this is, this is from Yahoo, and it's four of their experts. They're trying to get a... a, a a average ranking here. Yeah. Some have them at all different numbers and whatnot, but that's, but uh, let's go. Yeah. Let's go to the running backs here. I'll, uh, you want me to list? I'll t- right. do the top five here. Yeah. We got a uh, number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, the man that I loved last season on two of my teams, Nick Chuck touchdown Chubb. Uh, I had a Chubb every time watching him last year. Uh, Austin Eckler at three. That's Andy's, you know, fun guy. Uh, here's a good one. But John Robinson at four. He has not played one NFL game yet. He's a rookie from Texas on the Atlanta Falcons. Should be exciting. Then we got Tony Pollard at five. Saquon Barkley at six. Derek Alien Henry at seven. Because that guy is an alien. That guy is just a monster. Uh, Josh Jacobs, who just newly who uh, decided, you know what? I will play for the Raiders this year at number eight. Travis Etienne Jr. at number nine. And then Joe Mixon at ten. So I'll uh, pass this off to you then, Andy. What do you see in the top 10 that you like, that you don't like? Uh, let us know. Uh, Barkley is an interesting one for me because I wonder if people are thinking that Barkley won't. He'll demand not to have that many carries. Because remember, he, he just signed that one-year deal, and he wants to get paid. So I don't know if he has it. Like, I'm just – if you try to run me into the ground, I'm not going to do it so that they're going to give running back more touches. Because I don't want to say he's the best player on this list, but he, maybe he is. And he's definitely capable as a receiver as well. Yeah, last um, year was the first time he showed us a healthy season and what he can do, yeah. and he did well. So I think it's interesting to see him behind like Pollard and Robinson. Um, but yeah, I don't have any problem with the top three. I was going to say, I think that top three is very strong. I'm definitely okay with McCaffrey one. Uh, Eckler, Chubb, I think you go with either or of those guys at your number two. Uh, and again, like I said, it depends on the leagues you're in because guys like Derrick Henry and Chubb are touchdown rushings, running backs. And guys like... You know, uh, and then you got other guys in there that are big on catching the ball. That's why Bajan Robinson's at four because they, I think they think he's going to catch a lot of balls. And then Eckler and McCaffrey are they score a lot of touchdowns, but they also they receive a lot too. So uh, 
But yeah, just outside of the top uh, 10, we got Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Jameer Gibbs, who is now the Detroit running back, and Damian Very, Pierce. This is interesting. Very is, different, differing opinions on him. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, one of the experts had him at 20, one had him at 9, one had him at 11, and one had him at 19. And that averaged him out to 14. Yeah. I like Damian Pierce here. Houston is bad, but uh, I think he's the lead back there. He's one of the only guys that gets really a very clear lead back. Uh, he had a solid season for him last year as a rookie, so I think that's an interesting there, interesting guy there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is 19th, so he isn't going to play, but when he does eventually play, he's one of the best running backs, so that's an interesting one. Uh, Alexander Madison, we talked about this last week with Dalvin Cook gone. What yeah. do they do at running back? And I think they still had this guy. And, yeah, they, they like him, so he's, he's going to be their lead back there. And he's only ranked uh, 21st here. So. And this is going to be a very sparse season with running backs, I feel like. There's not – I mean, it's yeah, – That's really tough. Like, Javante Williams guys. was a really hot pick last year, uh, and he got hurt. He's 27th ranked this year. Does Denver even have another running back, or is he still their main guy? He's definitely their main guy, but let's see what they got. Oh, Samadji Piran. So okay. He's a receiving – Back, teams, so maybe. The, the league every year is becoming more and more of a passing league, and a lot of teams are using two, even three running backs. So the days that I mean, we've talked about this, you know, in podcasts in the deep past, the, the days of seeing a running back get 30, 32, 34 carries in a game are done. I mean, you're seeing like 18, 19 at most for some of the top guys now. So, uh, yeah, that's why, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it makes drafting kind of difficult because, especially like me, I'm in a league that has 14 people. It's ridiculous. And I already know I have the number two pick in it. And so I think deciding between possibly McCaffrey or Jefferson, I mean, it's, uh, which we'll get into the receivers in a second here, but, uh, it's just when you're in a 14 man league, it's tough because it's like, if you don't get a running back in your first couple pick, then you might be stuck with your main running back being somebody like, you know, Miles Sanders or something like that. How is he going to do in Carolina? So it's, it's definitely tough, but, uh, yeah, should we, uh, move on to those wide receivers um, yeah, the top 10. This is a good list of guys right here. This is a fun list here. Number one, you got Justin Jefferson. Uh, almost number one across the board. Only uh, Dalton Del Don said no. Uh, then you got Jamar Chase at two. Cooper Cup at three. Uh, Tyreek Hill, four. Stephon Diggs, five. CeeDee Lamb, six. AJ Brown, seven. Devontae Adams, eight. Amon Ross, St. Brown, nine. And then Garrett Wilson at 10. So again, I'll... Let you lead us off here, Andy. What uh, what do you like here? What don't you like here? I think we can agree on the top two for sure. I don't know if there's anybody you think should be ahead of Cup or if Cup should it belongs at three. I don't know if you think Hills should be at three. I'd be nervous about Devontae Adams. He is crossed the threshold of age. I think more so he's going to start getting upset though. There's that part, yeah. And then you're you you came here to play with Derek Carr. And he's not here now, yeah. and you're on a bad team uh, with kind of a dickish coach. I don't, I don't like that guy. I don't know if Devontae Adams likes that guy. Um, so that's a guy I'd be nervous about. That he could be a guy who has like DeAndre Hopkins last year, where it's like, oh, this guy's consistent every year. He's great, and then it's just like, what happened this year? He only had 600. And yards. I think it also helps with who's throwing in the ball. And I'm gonna, I, I just don't trust Jimmy G to last, not even a, let alone a full season, but I don't even think a half season with. Uh, being the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Also, I'm going to go a little outside of the box here about Jimmy G. The big thing about Jimmy G, everybody knows it. He's a good-looking guy. Girls love him. Now he's in Las Vegas, and it's like there is going to be so much temptation out there that I think like that stuff plays a factor. I, I just feel like at some point, 
they're just going to not be good. And this, the temptation of Sin City is going to swallow him in. And then they're going to bring in that rookie. And he's just not going to be able to get the ball to Devontae Adams as much. And I, I could see it being bad news for Devontae Adams. So but you've got to put him top 10 of the name. What's fun about receivers is you keep going on the list, and there's there's guys you really like. So oh, yeah. you've been you've been trying to talk up your guy, George Pickens. He's only ranked 34th here. Yeah, well, it's a good pick to get. Yeah. There's a lot of good receivers down there. Look at Mike Evans just above him. I mean, once upon a time, that guy was a top three, top five wide receiver just a year or two yeah. ago. For rookies, I really like Jordan Addison because I, I think too. he is going to be the number two there. See, and that's why I try to like tell people with like it is good to get a running back first because there's so many receivers. The running backs are sparse. Like if you have a chance, uh, if you have a chance to get a top three, top five running back, you got to jump on it because you can come back around and grab two of these receivers that are ranked between twenty and thirty-five that are very good names still. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Kai Allen, Lazard. No. Um, what was the name on Michael Thomas? Is Michael Thomas alive? Is the is the question? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> remember, he was he was the best. Like. He was even wise. He, he was had, even good, like for the first a, two weeks last season. He had a million receptions. Like he was, yeah. Does he have the player. record for a season? Or he, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. It was just it, kind like of a, amazing. What was it like? 140 or 120? Yeah, it was. It was a shit ton. Yeah. I mean, it was enough to be a record, I guess. Uh, but yeah, that's what, who else is in the middle? Debo Samuel is always an interesting one because because he can run to give you other things, but he doesn't want to do that. Uh, but the offense played better, I think, with uh, with Purdy there, and we'll have to see how they do this year. Um, okay, so I just really quickly, Michael Thomas does have the record 149 in 2019. That was 16 game season, so think about that. Yeah, and uh, just so we can, uh, yeah, I don't know if they have the here. Yeah, just so we can see who's, uh, I don't know if what's close to him. So Cooper Cup got close in 2021 with 145, uh, but Michael Thomas also did it the year before with 125. He led the league. This isn't just the mm-hmm. you know. But Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, notable with 136 in a season. Uh, Marvin Harrison, 143, which I assume might be the record. I think that is the record he did break. Uh, yeah, it was. So, yeah, those are some of your you know top guys. And that's how you could tell the league is moving because Marvin Harrison had the record, and he did that like in 2001. And then it was like Julio Jones and Antonio Brown got close with 136. And then it was, you know, Michael Thomas shattered it with 149. So. We just know the name. I think it's interesting. Jameson Williams, Detroit Lions. The burner from Alabama, right? He is out for six games uh, for gambling. gambling. Yeah. Um, so he probably, there's a good chance he won't get drafted, but he's one of those guys, if he doesn't get drafted, you got to pay attention and try okay. to stash him in week three or something like that because uh, he's very good. He should be the number two receiver on that offense, which should be very productive. Yeah, it'll be a good so, offense. Um, he's not going to be the number one there because they got a top 10 guy there. Uh, with uh, our St. Brown, um, you know, our local. Is he a fan favorite for us? I don't know, but he's local. He is local. One of my uh, yeah. one of my really good friends, his dad's friend, uh, grew up in, like, the community with them and, like, knew them as kids and stuff and still, like, you know, talks to the mother and stuff and sees her around and whatnot. So, yeah, they are the local guys. Modern day, right? Or- I think one, like, one went to modern day, one went to survey, and there's three of them, but only two of them made the NFL, and, you know, one's good and one's... I think him being the good one, I think, was modern day, I feel like. Yeah, I can't remember, because there's there's also equinemius, if you remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. It sounds like a math problem. They're all named after, like... Um, Sun gods or yeah, something, right? Yeah, Amon Ra and uh, Osiris. That's what I love about him, because when I had him last year, I was just, like, always calling him the sun god, and I didn't <laughs> even know why until someone's like, yeah, Amon Ra is, like, a sun god or something. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, here's the thing about ancient Egypt. If you didn't know, uh, it wasn't all sand back yeah, in the day. We, uh, that'll be a different podcast. That'll be our conspiracy oh, podcast <laughs> that comes out at midnight on October 13th. All right, we're kidding, gonna but. we're gonna end here with uh, the most boring list. The tight ends. It, used to, it seemed like it was fun back in like twenty two thousand eight or something. There's better like tight Tony ends. Tony Gonzalez but, and stuff when he yeah, was around. But like it's just like not uh, fun. what's who's the Bubba Franks? Sure, yeah, you had guys like Bubba Franks. Yeah, who was also the really good Packer? Well, and the Packers were really good. Who was the that other tight end? Jermichael. Jermichael Finley. Yeah. And or Algie Crumpler. Well, and also when That's uh, a cool ass name. Uh, what was it, Thomas for Detroit? I mean, not for Detroit, Denver. Julia, Julius Thomas. Thomas. Great no, there was Dallas Clark. That was a good one. Uh, but yeah, tight ends, not as fun. Uh, Travis Kelsey, still number one. Uh, across Andrews, the board, not even close. Number yeah. two. TJ Hawkinson, three. Uh, George Kittle, four. Kyle Pitts, five. They still believe in Kyle Pitts. I yeah. love it. Darren Waller, sixth. Dallas Goddard, seventh. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, eighth. Evan Ingram, ninth. And uh, David Njoku, tenth. Um, and then number 11 is a guy I've never even heard of. Can you even say that name? Chigozium Unconquo. Um, but yeah, when if you don't get like one of the other guys, one of the top guys, let's say, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect out of Waller. I'd, no. be, I'd be nervous, but also you could be thrilled. Well, I can already tell you, you can't expect much out of Pitts. I mean, Pitts is... Um, who knows? Who knows? No, I mean, it's that's what you can hold on to is the who knows, but... Uh, Fryermouth I like. Fryermouth I like. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Steeler fan. Like, he is... He can be productive. Yeah, but there's a big there's a big middle of guys like from twelve to forty-five, a, like who th- even knows. Thankfully in my dad's league, you don't need to get a tight end, but uh in all my other leagues you do. And it's like that's the thing is if you don't end up with like a, a spot in the draft where it's like, you know what, I gotta get Kelsey or one of these guys, then it's like you do end up with a Cole Komet, Dalton Schultz, Gerald Everett, and you're basically on there every other week, or at least by week like halfway through on, especially because then when these guys have a buy, it's like they're the guys you drop because you don't hold on to two tight ends. Unless you have Kelsey, and then it's like, okay, I'm going to have to drop somebody else. But that's just when the season gets fun and a little out of whack. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's, just, it's so hard to, to know because you think you like a guy, and then, like, they have a backup who does all You think shit. you know a guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, like, the, the Raiders, Michael Mayer, that was, that was one of their early sure, picks. If I was him, I would just oh. make my last name Myers. Yeah. So I could be Michael it. Myers. Fair. A lot of people. Taysom Hill, 35th. And it's always a fun player to it get. It is always fun. One guy couldn't even figure it out. <laughs> One of yeah. the extra. He's like, fuck, I don't know where to put him. Uh, but yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, our little fantasy football preview. Uh, I'll just say this right now, Andy. Like, We'll just leave them with this. If you were the number one pick, who would it be? Because I've seen a lot of things that are saying McCaffrey. I've seen a lot of things saying Justin Jefferson. Or maybe there's Jamar Chase. Maybe it's Eckler. I think it's Jefferson. Just you think so? Yeah. So I think in McCaffrey all McCaffrey has a higher ceiling, but he can get hurt. I think in all my leagues, except for one, it would be Jefferson. I think in my dad's league, it would be McCaffrey, just because rushing running backs are so much more valuable, and it's not PPR. But uh, if you're in a PPR league, then yeah, I think uh, I think Jefferson. I think he's going to have another monster season, and I think it helps that uh, he's got that kid on the Addison on the other side because I think he's going to be good too. So you're going to have to watch him, but uh, yeah. All righty, Shawnee, what do we got? Uh, what do we got next? Well, uh, I want to give a shout out to our uh, El Segundo Little League uh, champions. Yes, we do. Uh, the Little League World Series. That's always when you know summer. I feel like, at least to me, when I was watching it in high school, that's when you know summer's like coming to an end. Little League World Series comes on. I mean, that was back then. Now the Little League World Series starts, and these kids are already like 
fucking taking yeah, they their like school today. Yeah, they're already in school. They're already like taking their uh, midterms at this point now in uh, end of August. But uh, yeah, the Little League champions ended up being from the West region and it ended up being local here in Southern California. El Segundo uh, ended up winning it all. And uh, it was a very good game. They got to play the Caribbean in the finals. I uh, watched the whole game. And the reason I watched the whole game was because I was somewhat invested because in one of my fantasy football leagues, the way we decided the draft was everybody was given a little league region and I was dealt the Caribbean. So I do have the two pick in that 14 man draft. So that's exciting. But uh, aside from that, uh, yeah, I was happy to see the West win. Uh, and it was a very, very good game. It was a uh, five to one going into the top of the fifth. The West was home and they were winning. Uh, they brought in the, their relief pitcher. They, they took out their starter. They brought in another kid. He throws 11 pitches. There's two men on with one out. And after like his 11th or 12th pitch, he starts like kind of like holding his like under like his tricep area, like under his, like, you know, behind his elbow and stuff and tells his coach, I'm sore. Like you could see him mouth to his coach. I'm sore. So they take him out and they bring in this little guy who had long hair and every pitch he threw his hat fell off. Like this, his hat couldn't even stay on his head. So he comes in to face a kid with a full count, rips a single, bases loaded, one out, leadoff hitter, hitters coming up, strikes him out. So bases loaded for with one with two outs now for the number two hitter, cranks a grand slam, ties the game. Uh, then fast forward to the bottom of the sixth, the leadoff hitter of that inning, uh, a guy named Luis Lope or something like that, like. Uh, Six foot, like two kid already at 12 years old. Well, one of those just giants that gets to dominate youth sports because God gifted him with the ability to be over six foot tall by the time he was 10. And, uh, and I went to high school, I went to elementary school with a kid like that. He was an all-star in like three sports because it's just, you know, you're just dominating. And, uh, he, they even showed it before he got in there that how he led was leading the tournament with four home runs and he ended up hitting his fifth. And it's the one that'll be remembered in Little League World Series history as it was a walk-off home run to defeat the Caribbean and win the Little League World Series for El Segundo. Uh, pretty awesome. I thought it was a great game. It's cool to see these, you know, because they're just kids. Even though this guy looks like he's shaving, looks like he just put down a down payment on a house. You know, he's got the wife and kids bitching at home. He's got to get to, he's got a deadline by Friday. He still is just a 12-year-old and he... That was cool to see because the moment he hit it, you see his face because he knew he had a home run and he was just completely like a wow face through the bat, like up to the moon. And uh, that's what it's about for these kids. So congratulations to El Segundo. Uh, and I was told today, actually, that they had their uh, their parade today. My dad was even telling me that they actually yeah. had like police escorts when they got back from the airport and stuff like it was a, it was a big deal. Yeah, you're coming back to El Segundo. Well, you can come back from the airport. You're already in El Segundo. So. Yeah, that's what my dad was saying, too. Yeah, he. uh he, uh, my dad grew up in Torrance, so uh, he he knows that area well also. He said he played against El Segundo when he played high school baseball and said that they had a pro field already, like that their dugouts would go down and whatnot. Like it was a very nice field. So, Yeah, well, El Segundo, the future home of the Los Angeles Chargers. So, Ooh, very good. And the LA Kings and the Lakers, I think, too. But, yeah, it's a big practice area for very good. Teams, but. So they're going to have they more wanted. great teams. But, yeah, they played – was it Curacao, right? Yeah. Um, I forget it was the what's the other what is the other nation that I'm thinking of? Chinese Taipei? No. Japan? That they had they had a great team and they had um multiple this future. Year? No, no, no. Like back in the day, it was uh, a Caribbean team and they had 
Um, it's a small country so, that so has in, a bunch of people. In, in so 2000, it's just a Jerks and Profar. Was 2004 the was the time the Caribbean won it. It was Jerks and Profar. Yeah, but it was like, that's the same country that like Kenley's from and some other people too. Well, I can... um, which one is that called? It might, it might be Curacao. I don't know. Yeah, we can find that out. Um, but they're like, they're smaller, but they have a great... Um, yeah, I can... Uh, baseball Get that information so. for you guys right now. Um, the winner, that's, that was 2004. The, the city was, no, yeah, Willemstead, Curacao. Okay, so there was Curacao. That was and back they then beat, too. ironically, I'm glad we looked this up. They beat Thousand Oaks, California yeah, that year. Yeah. So there's something about Curacao facing our uh, LA County team. Did they face like a young Mike Moustakis or something? I don't know. Let's see. What was it? Can it tell us who was on this team? Which was? What if I and if they, that? yeah, I was going to say, I'll be so upset if you. I know he's a Valley kid, so that's. I, I don't know. That, it just basically, it tells me they're. Yeah, it doesn't really tell me much about the. That's just the city of Thousand Oaks. Okay. Just on, so. <laughs> okay. Well, that's. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, how about you look that up? So I will find something. I will move on uh, to college football, which is our, our last segment here. Uh, we had week zero. We had a couple of interesting games. Or I mean, not interesting to watch, but you know, two important teams for the season: Notre Dame playing in Ireland against the Navy. Uh, Notre Dame looked incredible with, uh, why am I blanking on his name? But the, uh, Sam Hartman, new quarterback from Wake Forest. It's his sixth year starting maybe now. Now he's, he's doing his last year at Notre Dame and, uh, really looked like to level up that, that team there. And they, they looked great. So I think they were ranked 13th. They look better than that. Um, so we'll see how their season goes. Uh, and then, yeah, then USC also played their first game already against San Jose State. So, uh, they took care of business. They gave a bunch of points to a not great uh, school, but so I think there's still some concerns there. But they do have the best player in the sport. So, um, but yeah, we're going to continue with our little preview here and uh, go through the top ten in college football. So uh, before I do that, let's uh, do we have any we have any update here? Couldn't find anything. Uh, no, I so uh, I I don't even know if what I was looking at was their roster, but uh, there was one name that was like John Lister <laughs> instead of John, John Lester, Lester, but John Lester yeah. was obviously way in the league by then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's do do the top ten here. Uh, so starting at number ten is the University of Washington, uh, who's returning Michael Penix Jr. So he's also another transfer guy. He started last year for Washington. Was also at Indiana before. Uh, he's he's a top quarterback, and he's probably like twenty nine already, but. Uh, at number nine, we have Clemson. Uh, you know, good team every year, seemingly. Uh, we'll see if they can get back into the top five this this time. Uh, they've got Jeremiah Trotter Jr. on their team, so I was I was a big fan of Jeremiah Trotter Sr., uh, NFL linebacker with uh, the Eagles and some other teams. Uh, but yeah, his son is a, a standout linebacker there. Uh, number eight, we got Florida State, so it's a back-to-back ACC teams right there. Uh, they've got uh, a defensive end, Jared Verse, who's going to be a, a top NFL prospect. Uh, number seven, you got Penn State, and they have a, a, a great offense tackle, Olu Fashanu. Hope I said that right. Uh, at number six, USC, who we just said they already they already want to know, so that's that's all you, you need to be. Uh, and Caleb Williams, of course, is their 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 key player. Uh, number five, you have LSU. So Brian Kelly's second year at LSU. Uh, Harold Perkins, a linebacker, is, is their their top player. Uh, number four, Alabama. So is this? It's pretty low for Alabama starting the season at number four, but uh, the other teams ahead of them are, are pretty good. So, uh, cornerback Kool Aid McKinstry is is their top player. You excited about that one? 
It's a good name. Kool-Aid McKinstry. So the thing about Kool-Aid is I think of like a bigger guy, you know, Bort oh, yeah. the wall. <laughs> but uh, Kool-Aid there is a cornerback. So uh, one of the smaller guys on the field. Uh, number three, Ohio State, Marvin Harrison Jr. Hopefully we'll actually get to see him play a lot this year because he's just incredible. Uh, and then number two is Michigan. They're, they're hated rivals. Uh, Blake Corum is coming back, uh, star running back. So um, I want to really want to uh, really quickly want to bring this up with Michigan because I was listening to this today. So they're not going to have their – they play this weekend. They're not going to have their head coach, Harbaugh, he's suspended. They're not going to have their offensive coordinator, I heard also. They're like 36-point favorites against East Carolina. Do you think that matters? Do you think they, they win that game by 40-plus or no? I mean, what, what we're saying here is they probably have an incredible offensive line, and you could just tell them, hand it off to, to Blake Corum. And then I forgot the other running back's name. I don't know if he is returning. I should probably look that up. Remember, they had the two great running backs last year. Yeah. Um, and the quarterback, Jason Wasn't McCarthy that what was, happened? Didn't Blake Corum not even play against Ohio State, and then they brought in another guy, and he's the one that ran all over him? There's something like that happened. Know, Michigan yeah. wasn't. I remember it because they played there Ohio was, State. There was a game where he was out. But, they, and yeah. I remember they didn't have one of their top guys. I think it was their running back or – and the, the backup just came in and just dominated them. Uh, and then number one is the defending champions, Georgia. Uh, Brock Bowers, a tight end. He was like one of the better tight end prospects we've seen in a while. Uh, he's their top player. Um, I know they have a new quarterback. Um, I knew his name, but, you know, not off the top of my head. But, you know, it's Georgia. They just, they're going to have incredible defensive linemen and linebackers and stuff. So uh, they're number one again. So, uh, yeah, that's that's your top ten there. Uh, good mix. It looks like it's uh four conferences, soon to be three, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much. You got some SEC teams, some Pac-12 teams, Big Ten teams, and a couple ACC. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see what what happens in the future with all these conferences. But because uh, yeah, Penn State, USC at seven and six, that could be a conf- that'll be a conference game next year if they play. Yeah, so that's that's what I got for college football. Uh, I think it's important to say, yeah, we've already mentioned that next week is our football preview. Again, that might be a little early coming out, um, which means the week of or the fifth when we would normally record, there won't be another episode. So we won't be talking about this week of college football until the following week. So we're going a couple weeks without the 12th. Yeah, update there, but uh, so we'll have we'll have two full weeks of of real college football play in the books the next time we talk about it. So, uh, and that'll be exciting. I don't, I'm not sure what are the big games probably should have you know, looked, looked into that, but uh, I know uh, I feel like Florida state and LSU are playing each other. Yeah. I don't know if that's this week, but I know it's coming soon. I mean, we could, uh, yeah, yeah we can yeah. quickly list you some. It's, it's right there. Okay. Florida, right Utah, I know is a good one. Yeah. They played last year. It was Florida yeah. came back. It sucked, but, uh, you know, let's see what other notable top any because there's always I feel like that matchup when like Alabama plays somebody like relevant. <clears throat> Are we? Uh... I'm looking. Yeah. When Alabama's playing Middle Tennessee, uh, you got North Carolina, South Carolina. Yeah. So it doesn't look like there's a uh... LSU, Florida. State OK, so I was Sunday. right. All right. Sunday, September 3rd, which is this weekend. LSU plays Florida State. That's number five versus number eight. So uh, bookmark that on your Sunday night calendar when you're partying because you don't have to worry about work on Labor Day because you're going to be out having a good time on Sunday. And then week two, we got Alabama, Texas, which Ooh. was a classic last year. Great oh, and game. It'll be a classic again so. this year, four versus 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, all righty. And we got Oregon State versus UC Davis, too. Okay. Six, six o'clock oh, p.m. Now, <laughs> we're just, now we're just getting a little out of control here. 
Yeah, we're ready to uh, wrap up episode 339 then? I think we are. All right, well, you've been listening to the Sports Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. See you later.